Well, we are in our forward series, and we're in part five. This is the final piece of our forward series. We've talked about the fact that at Celebration Church, there's a handful of things we're about. We're not about everything. We're, we are about something. And one of those things is moving forward, that God has placed that in us, that if you're going to do life with us, then you're going to have to embrace the idea that you're going to look different in a couple of years than you look today. That God is going to be doing something on the inside of you and you've got to be open to it. And you've got to be ready for it. You've got to have this move forward mentality if you're going to celebrate with us and work with us. Because just, we're just praying that there's just conviction about moving forward on people. And if you don't want to, then you might be more comfortable in a different church. But if you want to grow in Christ, that's what we're about. And... Uh, with that, we've just kind of been looking at some of the pieces, some of the integral things that keep you and I moving forward. Our, the rest of the sermon series has been podcast on our website, and you can get those, and I suggest that you do. Um, last week was on failing forward. I don't know about you, but I've failed before, and I, I like it that God even takes those things and moves us forward with them. So you can get that from last week. But today, we're looking at fast forward. And as we move forward with God, we must be determined to hold fast to the truth and to stand fast in each victory that God brings. See, God does these things incrementally in our lives. And when there ought to be these, these things nailed in the ground where we, God just does these events and these moments in our lives and that they should become anchors to us. As we're going forward, Deuteronomy 13.4 says, <clears throat> It is the Lord your God you must follow, and Him you must revere. Keep His commands and obey Him. Serve Him and hold fast to Him. See, it's about staying hooked up with God. That's the thing I love about this. Is this isn't about just some religion and adhering to this list of rules. And yeah, I think those rules are pretty good. And I think if I do all those, I'm going to end up with a pretty decent life. No, this is about serving God. And then God, out of who He is, His wisdom says that there are some things we should do and some things we shouldn't do. Certain things that bring life and some are the things that bring death and destruction. And it's not just this list of rules that we can just click off and feel like we've become this great Christian. It's ultimately about leaning on God. Because in our lives, we're going to face these places where there's these, these gaps. Constantly there are these, these gaps. We left on Thursday evening and went to Enchanted Rock, which is one of my favorite places. That's like God's playground. And he just squish this little bunch of stones all up together there outside of Fredericksburg and it is just a blast to go to and we went and camped there for a couple of days and we had a great time we crawled all over everything you could crawl over just about at uh, at Enchanted Rock and when you get if anybody's ever been it's this huge pink granite dome just ginormous like granite bubble like the earth is has like chewed some bubblicious and just started on blowing a bubble, and then there it is. And you get to go climb on it, and it's a, it's a blast. And so on the back side of it, there is this fissure. There's this cave that you can go through. So there we, we go up there, and I have my five kids, and Brandon has his three. And we've got this crew that are going through it and climbing all on it. We've got this wide age range here. And I, me and the kids decide to go through the cave 
Whereas we're going through, some of the guys are small. You know, some of them are, you know, seven years old, and they can't reach like being six foot tall. So we were cruising through, and there was a place where there were these two gaps. There's a gap here and a, and a long gap over here. So we were going through, and I sent Keenan first, and he went down, and there was this place where you had to, honestly, to really make it, you had to be about eight foot tall, and none of us were eight foot tall. So Keenan made his way down there, and the kids were looking at this, and were like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. It is just intimidating. You're in this, inside this cave in this tight place. Now, this isn't some lit Sonora cavern with lights and a tour guide and somebody in little khakis pointing the way. No, this is a, this is a cave, and you call, crawl through, and sometimes you're on your belly, ooching, and the entrance is, like, tiny, and you're like, why would we go in there to begin with? And so we're way back up inside there, and these kids are freaking out. And Keenan <clears throat> positions himself where there's this huge gap and ends up creating this ladder with his body. And he creates this handhold here and sticks his, puts his foot out on a solid place and creates another foothold for his thigh. And all of a sudden, there is this ladder via Keenan appears they're on this thing, and these kids all of a sudden have no problem going down and traversing it. They hit a place where they couldn't make it on their own, and instead of walking on the rock, they walked on Keenan. And you and I have to be willing to do that. There are things that we're going to come to in our lives as we're moving forward, and we're going to go, woohoo! This was all fun and good, God, way back there when we got into this thing. But now you really, I have to go from here to hear, to move forward with you? Are you serious? I'm not built for that. I'm not wired for that. I can't, that is too far. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if God is carrying you forward in that way, He Himself creates a way where there seems to be no way. God Himself does it. And we begin to lean on God and allow Him to begin to do those things for us and really decide that we're going to cling to God. See, and we hold fast to Him. Sometimes in our lives, there feels like there is nothing else to grab but God. And that is why God is there for us. We have to be in that place where we're willing to do that. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be men. Be strong. I love the way that literal version <clears throat> puts it. Be men. You know, put your big boy pants on. Get this thing done. Quit being such a pansy. You know, get in there. Get this thing done. There are times as believers we have to do this. You know, the, ultimately Christianity isn't a wimp's religion. There's a lot of this stuff that's tough. Loving your enemy? Are you serious? That's some tough stuff. Being generous and being willing to give, lay down your life for somebody, this is tough stuff. And this is where we have to be willing to lean on God because there are things that only God, only God can do. And see, when those tough times come, what we know about God should become our anchor. That's why we spend so much time in the Word. That's why I encourage you to do your daily Bible reading and that I have this blog up there with some little things to point out to you 
in route. It's not the only thing that we read that day. It's just something that jumped out to me. But it's to kind of try to prime the pump. That as you're studying, as you're reading on your own, God begins to drop these things in you. And you may not even know why. Why am I learning about this? All of a sudden, God's the truths about healing. All of a sudden, I'm totally healthy. What's going on? Why am I studying this? Why is all this stuff jumping out at me? Well, then all, you look up, and if you, either you yourself or a loved one or somebody begins to have this battle with health. And you've already studied it. It's already come alive in you. And you're ready for the battle. I was told in a real tough spot in my life, <clears throat> this little phrase right here. And it says, don't doubt in the dark what you learned in the light. There, were times, there was a period where I had been prepping and I had been studying and praying and God had just done something on the inside of me. And then it came time where the rubber meets the road and I had to actually put that into practice and begin to pull the trigger on those things. And I'm telling you, it was tough. It was tough. And as I'm sitting there and I hit this place of wavering and unbelief, then I was reminded of this. Do not doubt in the dark what you learned in the light. Hebrews six nineteen through 20 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. I'm going to explain that in a minute. For our, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf, he has become a high priest forever in the order of, of Melchizedek. Okay, now to us, this little added phrase, it enters into the sanctuary behind the curtain. That like means like diddly to most of us. Woo, yes, it enters behind the curtain. <laughs> I feel so much better that it actually reaches behind the curtain. That just that just helps me so much. Now it's when you understand what this is talking about. Now remember this is written to these Jewish people that understand the Old Testament and they had this the the tabernacle was carried along and there was the the place where just about everybody could enter and then you had this next level which was the holy place but then even back behind the curtain was the most holy the holy of holies and that was where the Ark of the Covenant existed for years and years centuries and centuries and that was where the manifest presence of God existed on the planet. Was right there at that place between the cherubim. Right there. And the priest, you talk about having a tough job. He had to go back there once a year to deal with the sin issue for the whole thing. And it was so risky. Because he had to follow everything in order that they put bells on his clothes and he would stay walking around so everybody could hear him walking around make sure he's still alive and he had a rope tied around his ankle because if the bells quit they knew whoop this guy had some issues he had not dealt with and he went in there and he's not made it and they yank him out with that rope out from behind the curtain and I'm telling you this is where the God's manifest presence existed now the wonderful thing is is when jesus died and the veil you read that in the gospels the veil was torn it's that veil that we're talking about this thing that separated us from god 
It got, it got destroyed when Jesus died. All of a sudden, we now have access to it. But the, this illusion, this thing, this, this picture still makes sense to this group that's being written to here in Hebrews. And that, that our anchor goes all the way back there to God's very presence. It penetrates back behind the veil. It goes to where it really matters, to the real anchor. And our hope is there connected with God. And see, in the tough times of our lives, what we understand about God, what He has done in our lives becomes this anchor. And we don't doubt in the dark. Now, we sit there and we just, everybody's been in this room multiple times. Most of us have. We know how we came in. We know how we got out. Now, we, boom, shut the lights out. Okay? There might be a few screams and whatnot. Then we realize, okay, wait for the lights to come back on. The lights don't come on. There's no exit lights. There's no nothing happening. Then it's time to begin to get out of here. Okay? Now, very few of us, if we flip the lights on, are going to be back here pawing in this corner trying to dig our way out. We're all going to be trying to get out over there and get out over here. Why? Because we've seen it in the light. We know the exits are over here. Now, we may be groping for it, and we may be over here trying to get in and get out, and we turn the lights out on, and we may have barely missed it, but we know where the exits are. In that time, when all of a sudden everything feels dark, what we begin to revert to is what we knew in the light. For some reason, we can't take that. So many times we don't take that same logic that we would do if the lights went out right now and carry it over into our relationship with God. All of a sudden, things don't go exactly how we would plan. Oh, God, what have you done to me? God, what do I, what do I, you know, then we hide in the dark. Well, God, what do I need to learn from this darkness? Get out of it. (laughs) I'm the God of light. Go. Get out over here. Move. Get Get a hit on. When, you, when I was a kid, I loved playing uh, hide-and-seek. It was one of my favorite games. But my favorite version of it was hide-and-seek in the dark. Hide-and-seek at night. Now, whether that was in the house or in the neighborhood, and you wanted a good new moon, you wanted it good and dark. And my favorite time was, of course, doing it at my own house because then I had home-field advantage. Why? Because I knew what everything looked like in the day. I knew where everything was. So you turn the lights out, and I've got an advantage because I already know. That is why we study so much. That is why we are here right now putting this in us so that if we hit a trouble, we hit something, that we have this anchor for our soul that we carries us through. 1 Corinthians 11.2 says, But I praise you, brothers, that in all things you have remembered me, and even as I delivered them to you, you hold fast the doctrines. These are just the teachings that he has presented. We hold fast to those things. These become anchors in our lives so we're not pulled this way and that way. This is so, so vital. The next thing we have to understand and go and fast forward with God is that part of choosing life is choosing to hold fast to God himself. Now, I love the analogy. We're about to get into this scripture right here in Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. And so many times we think we want, we, we don't always equate 
God with being our life. That if we really want to have life in an area, whether it is in whatever we give ourselves to, that God is our life. Now let's read this the first time through this way, the way it's written. This I call heaven and earth is witness against you. We're there in Deuteronomy 30. That I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. If you've been around Celebration Church very long, you know this is one of my favorite scriptures. It is just a, a pivotal, hinge-pin scripture. It's life and death that's set before us. We have to choose life. And then verse 20 says that, <clears throat> that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land. He swore to give your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now to understand how equated God is with our life. Then we're going to just trend. We're just going to shift some, some, some of these words right quick. Okay? And to understand. Now, <clears throat> my wife is somewhere working right now. <laughs> but... My wife, Cutie, we've been married for 16 years. And I have no marriage without Cutie. Cutie is my marriage. They are linked together. If I am going to pursue marriage, I have to pursue her. If I'm going to be committed to marriage, I have to be committed to her. They are connected. And let's read verse 20, all right? And I'm going to just shift some words. And it says, that you may love, <clears throat> there we are, let me back up. That you may love cutie, your spouse, listen to her voice and hold fast to her, for cutie is your marriage. That's the way it is. You see how that still totally makes sense? Everything is still totally connected <clears throat> for my life. You, if you're married, you just shift that and you put your spouse in there. It still totally makes it. They are totally connected. We do not have life divorced from God. They are married together. And if we are going to pursue life, and I'm telling you, we want life. What's the alternative? We don't want the alternative. We don't want death and destruction. But we don't get that outside from God. That is why it is so sad that there are so many people in the world pursuing and spinning their wheels, going after something they can't achieve outside of God. See, Joshua 22.5 says, But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to obey His commands, to hold fast to Him, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. If we're going to choose life, we have to choose God himself we are connected completely together now the wonderful thing is is that this is not one-sided god has already chosen to hold fast to us and this should give us such courage to just go for it psalms 139 verse 7 through 10 where can i go from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Even right there in the middle of trouble, God's hand 
that I'm telling you, understanding that should give us such courage. Now, I had laid out our notes well before we left on this trip on Thursday and had was with a different illustration, but this just so worked so good. Now, on our trip to Enchanted Rock, we had been, I've been to Enchanted Rock like nine times. We've been a bunch of times, done all this stuff. What we decided, I decided, to do something never done before, and that's to come up the back side of the dome. And we hiked around and came up the back side of the dome. Well, there's a reason most people don't go up the back side of the dome, because it's not easy. And so we have the whole group, all ten of us, are trying to come up the back side of the dome and get to the, get to the cave a different route. As we're coming up, now the back side of the dome is the north face. And the north face has all of the moss and all of that stuff that's growing on it. And we're picking our way, and we're coming up, and we had the, at least half of the children cried at some point during this trek. And so, and I, and I think one of the adults on the trip did too. <laughs> okay, maybe not. And, uh, anyways, but uh, we're, we're, we get up and we're about halfway up and we're committed. And if you've done any kind of climbing, you know it really is safer to go up than it is to come down, especially if you're on something slick. It just really is safer. And we're about halfway up and we're committed. We just need to finish the climb. It's doable and we just need to finish it. And we're going up this, going up this face and we're sending the kids up and there's this long run where it just looks like you've got nothing to hang on to. You've just got the little bumps of the granite to make your little fingers stick to and your, your, your feet grab hold of it. And we're just shimmying up this, this slope. And we're having a hard time going up. And Brandon had gone up ahead and had found this easy route to go. The problem was is that the route to go was this steady, this steady incline. And there was this other part that it got flat first, flatter, felt a lot more comfortable, but then it got real difficult. Well, and he's coaching the kids. And they would immediately, boy, they'd get suckered in. Ooh, this is... And then they would, he'd go, no, 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 don't go that way. Come over here on this more steady way. A lot of times, I'm telling you, we'll sit there and look at God's way, look at the way the Father's telling us to go. And it looks a lot more difficult. Oh, God, it'd be so much easier this way. But he understands that the end result is not that fun. Well, a couple of them went and got suckered into the wrong way. And, and Connor, his son, is coming up on this side and gets stuck and starts sliding back. Now he's probably 30, 40 feet up this deal. It's a good long slide. Now he's not, as long as he doesn't do some hedgehog tuck into a ball and roll at a high speed down the cliff. Um, he's going to be fine, even if he slides all the way. But it's, it's, it's still a scary thing. And he's just stuck, and he starts sliding, and he's crying, and it's a scary moment. And Brandon gets this adrenaline boost, and like Spider-Man, over to him, and just becomes this cage around his son. And he just begins to envelop his son and begins to talk him down, and at that point, then with his father around him, he now has the courage. His daddy was holding fast to him, and at that point, he found the courage to go ahead and make it up the slope. And when it was all said and done, it was a cool, exciting, invigorating adventure. It was wonderful. But he found that courage as his knowing his dad was holding fast to him. 
And that's what we have to do. We understand it's not just us just desperately trying to grab hold of God and He's like, okay, you're, if you're there, you're there. If you're not, you're not. You know, whatever. You know, God, is, He reciprocates it. God holds back on to us. And knowing that ought to just give us the courage to choose to move forward, God, even when we hit those places where it just seems like, God, I'm just stuck. I've come as far as I can come. You know, that's where people get stale in their walk with God. And we have to be willing to move past the stuck parts, to move past the gaps. Romans 8, 38 through 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, Run hard and fast in the faith. Seize the eternal life, the life you were called to, the life you so fervently embraced in the presence of so many witnesses. That we have to keep that spirit about us. When we start our walk with God, we're in that place where we are excited that it it's so wonderful to be around new believers because they're so excited about what God is doing in their life. And we have to keep that same intensity and seize the eternal life. We've heard of carpe diem, seize the day. Well, there's another little phrase that needs to resonate within our hearts, and that's carpe vita, and that is seize life. There's so much life that has been given to us, and we need to grab a hold of it. See, Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to this thing, to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? There's nothing that can hold us back in our relationship with God. There is nothing. There is nothing. Now, we will come to places that it seems insurmountable. But it's in those times that we cling to God, we trust His leadership, and we go forward. See, when it comes to growing in Christ... And we simply have to get in, hold on, and just keep moving forward. Just keep going. Sometimes it's inch by inch. Sometimes it's big, heavy, fast strides. But no matter what it is, we have to keep going forward. See, God wants us to get there more than we ourselves want to get there. God wants it for us. He is so hungry for us to have all that he has provided for us through his son and we simply have to be ready and hungry those who hunger and thirst after righteousness jesus gave us the promise we will be filled be filled be filled be filled be filled be filled be filled